football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Yeah, here we go. We are elated. We are excited. We are thrilled that the Super Bowl matchup is set. Although there's not a game this weekend because they take two weeks in between. We are anxious to recap the conference championship games and then lots of college basketball underdogs forthcoming on this program. I am your somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. He is senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. How you feeling right now on uh, on another edition of Three Dog Thursday? As we now know, the two Super Bowl teams, Atlanta and New England, the two home favorites, won it. How you feeling, Kevin Rogers? Good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be back, and I uh, I'm excited. You know, I mean, I think the NFL got the two or got out of the four. Obviously, they won in New England. All right, out of the four, and then if they got Atlanta or Green Bay, they would have been happy. I think they're very happy with this matchup. It's going to be an exciting game. Whenever you get the Patriots in the Super Bowl, there's always excitement. And now Atlanta is a little bit of new blood. We haven't seen them since the John Elway Super Bowl back in 1998 in Miami when the Broncos beat the Falcons. But I think that it's a little bit of new blood, but also a team that is very explosive offensively, which is what a lot of fans want to see that they don't want to see a defensive-minded team. They just don't. And what's funny is the Patriots come in with the league's best defense, but no one ever talks about them because of Tom Brady. So that's what makes it good is that this isn't like last year with Denver where, yes, it was Peyton Manning's, you know, it was his retirement time, and everyone knew he was going to retire regardless of the result. But the offense didn't shine in that game. It was all about Denver's defense, where in this one, New England's defense can still shine, but also they have some offense, too, they can provide. Well, and I think, as you mentioned, there's the controversy, obviously, with Tom Brady's suspension at the beginning of this year, and, and some I told you so, some bitterness uh, on the Patriots' part. That adds to the twist. You mentioned about Atlanta being there and so much hype around Matt Ryan and whether he's the MVP this season. So you've got so many different uh, storylines. Just as an overall comment, really the NFL playoffs have been duds, except for the two Green Bay, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City finishes. We didn't even get a close finish out of the other eight games, including these conference championship games. Kevin, to you, how disappointing have these playoffs been that they've basically all the games have been decided by the time the fourth quarter rolls around? Honestly, I think it's been one game. I think it's been Green Bay-Dallas. I mean, even Pittsburgh-Kansas City wasn't that exciting. You had a bunch of field goals, and the Chiefs scored late to make it interesting. But I don't even know if I can consider that one as somewhat of an entertaining game. Maybe because it was in prime time, that right. helped. But, uh, you know, obviously Green Bay-Dallas was a fantastic game. And when you look back at it, Oakland didn't have their quarterback. Okay, so that game against Houston was going to be awful. Uh, the Texans, we know, weren't that great of a team. I think the problem is you had a lot of teams that no one really even cared about. You know, it's one thing to say that, oh, you have all these great teams and the games weren't great. You had games that people really didn't care who won, uh, I think. And in the NFC, there was really no upsets because I think all those teams, Green Bay, Atlanta, Dallas, they all, I don't want to, and even Seattle, I don't want to say they're all kind of the same, but if any of them won, I don't think anybody would be really shocked. I think anybody would be shocked if the Giants or the Lions ended up going to 
the Super Bowl. Past that, the other four teams, there would be no surprise if they went. I just think that, you know, we, we go through the motions with these playoff games, and you just hope, like in any other sport, if you have a great championship, you'll forget about everything else. It's kind of like the NBA. No one remembers what happened before the Warriors-Cavaliers series last year. It's what happened in that series. And even in the national championship with Alabama and Clemson, that with the way it finished, with Alabama losing, you didn't really care about all the other bowls before, even though it's not really the playoffs necessarily. Or even the two playoff games that were played with Alabama, Washington, and Clemson, and Ohio State. I think as long as you get a good finish, that's all people will remember. Because if you have it the other way where the game stinks, then everyone will go back and say, wow, all these playoffs stunk. Yeah, if you get a dramatic game, and that's your point with Clemson and Alabama, that's that's what you're looking for. And of course, the last time New England was in the Super Bowl, it doesn't get any more dramatic than the Seahawks having first and goal at the one and not being able to score in the final minute with the Malcolm Butler uh, interception. And we we've had some dramatic Super Bowls. The the Patriots uh, had two of them with the Giants, including their bid to be perfect in the 2007 season, coming up just short when Eli and company scored in the final minute of that game on the Plaxico Burris touchdown. So the the Patriots, and it seems like all of the Patriots Super Bowls, now that I think about it, Kevin, going back to the early 2000s, those were all close games. Obviously, the first one against the Rams was a Vinatieri last-second field goal. The next one with the Panthers, we forget, the Panthers played them tooth and nail. That was a late Vinatieri field goal, if not right at the end. And even the Philadelphia game was a one-score game at the very end. So previous Patriots Super Bowls, they have all been close, competitive games, and there's no reason to think Atlanta's not going to put some points on the board and be competitive in this game. I don't think anybody believes, just one more thought, because we got plenty of time to talk about the Super Bowl next week before they play the game a week and a half from now. I don't believe anybody believes that New England is going to keep Atlanta to like 7 points or 13 points. They're probably going to have to beat them, even with Atlanta getting a couple of touchdowns, scoring 20 points, Matt Ryan throwing for 300 yards. That's the fair assumption, right? It is, and you know, like you mentioned, the Patriots, for some reason, have always been in very competitive Super Bowls all these years that somehow like the Giants had their number a few times and they were even winning in the final two minutes against the Giants the first yeah. time before the Tyree catch. Uh, they were up 17-9 the second time. So you feel like the Patriots, are they due for a Super Bowl where they pull away and win, or are they going to have another one of these Super Bowls that's going to come down to the end like all of them have, uh, it seems like, with Brady and Belichick. And you look at the Falcons, where Atlanta has put up ton of, a ton of points this year. In fact, it's the, I believe, the set tie for seventh most ever points in a season in NFL history. And, you know, you look at what the Patriots played down the stretch, maybe not some great offenses. Even though Pittsburgh with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger is a good offense, Le'Veon Bell was hurt in that game. The weather conditions weren't great. So they were able to hold down Pittsburgh, and you look at New England down the stretch, really didn't play a lot of great offenses. So maybe now they'll be tested by this Atlanta team. You don't really have weather as a factor this time around playing in Houston. And there's just so many things that, and I know we'll talk about it next week, but so many things that there, you can look at and break down to benefit New England or to go against New England, and the same thing with Atlanta, things that are going their way going into this game and also some things maybe to go against them in this game. Okay, so plenty of time 
to analyze Super Bowl 51. That's what we'll be doing next week for underdog purposes. We already know that, it, that New England is the favorite. Will either one of us take the Falcons? Will both of us take the Falcons when it comes to Three Dog Thursday next week? So as we have done the last couple of seasons on this show, we are transitioning. We've already begun to do this to college basketball in particular. Kevin and I, big college basketball guys. Kevin, I've often said there are two seasons in my world, the college basketball season and the off season. I jokingly say that. Of course, we play. we pay attention to the NFL. We pay attention to college football uh, i'm big into the golf the baseball even the hockey playoffs all of it but college hoops has a special place for me we've been talking some about it so this show is now primarily going to be college basketball underdog intensive from here on out save for the super bowl next week it's basically all college basketball heading to march and you and i have begun to uh pay close attention to a lot of this and that's going to lead us to some underdogs we actually had some college underdog picks last week i'm happy my alma mater memphis came through for me on three dog thursday i had them against houston on this show uh, last week so i'm happy about that and we're ready to to go back at it and try to decipher some underdogs not just for the games thursday night but we're projecting for some underdogs on saturday in, in what is always a full slate of interesting and exciting Saturday college games as we head towards March. So just as a general comment, we're excited to talk some college hoops from here on out on Three Dog Thursday. Absolutely. And now we're into you know the, uh, the bones of the schedule now. We're, we're getting down and dirty with it with these conference games. Saturday is that Big 12 SEC Challenge, which uh, has started in the last few years, which has been pretty exciting of Kansas-Kentucky as the marquee matchup Saturday. So it's a lot of really good things now and now with football being done at least the focus will go on college basketball as well i mean i know people you know, maybe get tired of the nba at this point with the all-star break coming up but at least in college now a lot of teams try to figure things out we saw some teams get knocked off in the top five this week so it's uh, become very exciting it is that we saw a bunch of upsets on tuesday earlier this week so let's begin chronologically with tonight, with Thursday night at the time that we are talking here on Three Dog Thursday, you and I have kind of looked over the slate of some games. We're both going to go, uh, I believe, here with Big Ten teams. Where do you want to begin first on Three Dog Thursday with a college basketball underdog, Kevin Rogers? I will start with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who even after all these years, it sounds weird they're in the Big Ten. I don't care <laughs> I what agreed. Says. Agreed. They're, not, they're not a Big Ten team. They're a Big Eight team, but anyway. So Nebraska's taking on Northwestern tonight, two teams going in opposite directions. Nebraska started 3-0 and in Big Ten play. They had never done that before in Big Ten play. They had some nice wins early. They won at Maryland. They won at Indiana. They had an exciting double overtime win over Iowa at home. Now they've gone backwards. They've lost four in a row. They had a, they had a bad loss to Rutgers, who was 0 for Big Ten uh, before that game, and Rutgers beat them at the end. The first loss during this losing streak, came to Northwestern at home. That game was a pickup. Now Nebraska is getting eight and a half points. The flip side with Northwestern, they currently are on a nice four-game winning streak, and the beginning of their winning streak came against Nebraska. So, you know, at that time, things kind of changed for uh, both teams during that game, and Northwestern now has reaped the benefits, and they're playing very well. I just look at Nebraska as a, as a young team, that uh, has got confidence playing on the road, in spite of the loss to Rutgers, where they were a favorite the other day, as an underdog. Mentioned one outright at Indiana, one outright at Maryland, covered in a loss at Michigan. So this is a team that is going to be very competitive on the road inside the Big Ten in some of these tough venues. And, you know, Northwestern, they've been talking about for years, this is a team that has not been to the tournament in 50-something years. 
whatever it's been, and they ever. need to... How about ever? Actually, ne- you're right, it is never. They've never, never been right, there. It's right amazing. It, they've never been there, and so I confuse them. It feels like Ivy League teams. You know, oh, well, they haven't been there since 1936, you know, with North Northwestern, but now they're looking for their first tournament appearance ever, and, you know, are you really that intimidated going into a place like Northwestern after you've won at some of these other places already? And I just look at Nebraska. There's too many points here to pass up in this game, in spite of these teams going the opposite directions, I'm going to take the points of Nebraska. All right, so Cornhuskers against Northwestern. Chris Collins has done a tremendous job of getting them at least in the conversation right now for the NCAA tournament, uh, but you'll take Nebraska on a Thursday night Big Ten game. I'm going to stick with uh, the Big Ten as well, and I'm going to go with a road team also as an underdog, and that's the Indiana Hoosiers. I know they were dealt a big loss uh, AJ Ananobe, their outstanding guard, knee injury out for the rest of the season. They did get a win uh, last weekend over Michigan State. They're now the Michigan double playing the Wolverines. Uh, that one at Chrysler Arena Thursday night. This team still has James Blackman, who's an outstanding uh, scorer. They have a couple of different uh, support players in and around him. Uh, Crean is a is obviously an emotional coach. There's a little bit of rivalry here because Indiana a few years ago clinched the Big Ten title, and Tom Crean hopped around on on this same court in Ann Arbor like a cheerleader instead of the post game handshake, and that rankled John Beeline and his staff and a lot of people in the Big Ten uh, when he behaved that way. But hey, they won the regular season Big Ten championship that day in Ann Arbor. I'll take Indiana here. Zach Irvin's an outstanding scorer, but Michigan's been very erratic this year. I'll take Indiana even without Ananobe, the guard, uh, to win on the road outright in this Big Ten game. Give me the four points. This is a Hoosier Road Big Ten win coming on Thursday evening as part of Three Dog Thursday. So, Kevin, there are two underdogs, one from each of us. We have four more to go, and we're going to save those for Saturday, and we're going to save those for the next segment of the show. Kevin Rogers, stand by. It is Three Dog Thursday, the only national digital radio program devoted exclusively to underdogs, now mainly in college basketball we will have super bowl underdog discussion next week when we head towards super bowl 51 in houston texas primarily college hoops now though heading all the way to march madness and the final four so much more on the way stay with us here is part of three dog thursday Golfers, it's 2017, and if you're looking for a great gift for you or someone you know who loves golf and golf apparel, have we got a deal for you. You need to check out the brand names and how it will all be delivered to your doorstep through the website shortpar4.com. Save yourself going to stores to shop for shirts, pants, sweaters, and gloves. And shortpar4.com eliminates that need delivering clothing right to you every month. And we're talking about the biggest brands out there like Under Armour, Travis Matthew, Oakley, and many more. We just got a box delivered from shortpar4.com with over a $150 in brand name items and apparel for just $45. Still need more? Okay, just because you're listening as part of the College Football Playoff Championship weekend, through the end of January, shortpar4.com wants to take 50% off your first box delivered. Just use the promo code CHAMP at checkout or go to shortpar4.com slash CHAMP and get more details. Again, golfers, that's 50% off your first box of big brand apparel with the code CHAMP. Stay out of the stores and let shortpar4.com deliver to you now. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues 
Here again is T.J. Reed. We do continue on. Time to get back to those college basketball underdogs again. I'm T.J. Reeves. He's Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. We fully understand the Super Bowl will be the big talk next week. Will either one or both of us take the Atlanta Falcons against the New England Patriots? That is a discussion for next week. We'll get back to the college underdogs in just a second. Let me hit you with a quick fun one. You have all these different proposition bets that are out there uh, creatively on who's going to have the most uh, touchdowns or uh, the the silly props like Tiger Woods golf score versus like I, I don't know uh, Julio Jones's receiving yards things such as that there I mean there is no shortage of what you can legally wager on that is out there in and around this game it's the most bet on game legally and much less illegally in all of the sports calendar, the Super Bowl, it'll be crazy time. We'll be most focused on underdogs, but Kevin, are you still amazed at how many different things? You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on what the first commercial is going to be on Fox. It's crazy. I mean, I understand people want to be entertained and all that. I think I think those are silly. I think that people that bet on the coin toss or Luke Bryan, who's going to sing the national anthem, whether he's going to go over, under. <laughs> I'd say it's, but not to say that they're all, because there are ones that you could really dig deep and find good ones. Like, I personally, you know, you joke about like Tiger Woods versus like Julio Jones receiving yards. There are good ones for Saturday night NBA, you know, LeBron James points versus so and so's longest pass or, you know, something right, like that. Right, right. Where those, I think, you can find some good value in if you do a little bit of digging on some of the, like, I like those, some of those cross sport props. Right. Those I like, but the ones, you know, the first commercial, what color's the Gatorade going to be? That's How a, many outfit guessing. changes will Lady Gaga have at halftime on the halftime show? You just have no use for those. No, those, that's not even, that's not even gambling or handicapping. That's just guessing. You have no, <laughs> way to know to me heads or tails like without you know research there's no research you could do for that i think that those are just total sucker bets and people just want to have fun oh i won with tails like okay you guessed on that well remember uh what was it the odds on the first play of the game being a safety were like 200 or 300 to one and of course seattle got a safety on the first play of the game against denver in the super bowl a few years ago but i don't think anybody had wagered it. A safety, yes, in the game, but not a safety on the first play of the game, which happened in the Super Bowl. So it's always uh, it's always fascinating to see what's out there in terms of the... And, and even there's, there's even Super Bowl odds already on the teams for the 2017 season. I saw that earlier in the week. Now that the Super yep. Bowl is set, it's crazy how much attention there is in and around this game, Kevin. There's no doubt. Uh, on how much it yeah, means. Yeah, and um, yeah, you have that already. It was the same thing when you know, when the Cubs won the World Series. We already had the 2017 World Series odds ready to go, and yeah, they, I mean, it, it just never stops. It does uh, not. You know, you already have to look forward to next season before you know this season. You can't even breathe and you know look back at this season because now this season is completely done. Now we have to look forward to next season. That's that's just what it is. All right, so that's the Super Bowl, and again, more on that next week. We're talking college basketball. Kevin and I have each taken a Big Ten Thursday night underdog, and again, if you're listening to this show after Thursday and towards the weekend, you already know that he's really smart having taken Nebraska against Northwestern, and I was really dumb to take Indiana against Michigan, or maybe vice versa, or maybe both of us are really smart. Or then again, Kevin, maybe both of us were really dumb to take those Big Ten underdogs. Now as we head towards the weekend, let's talk about 
these uh, uh, different underdogs that we're looking at. You already made reference earlier in the show to the SEC Big 12 Challenge. There are several marquee games in that one leading up to Kentucky and Kansas. However, I believe early on in the day you're going to stay away from that and you're going to go Big East with your first Saturday college basketball underdog. The Marquette Golden Eagles have played well recently under uh, Coach Wojo, Woj, and they just beat Villanova, the top-ranked team in the nation. They beat a Creighton team that lost Maurice Watson Jr. Uh, They've been playing very well of late Marquette. They've won those games as underdogs. Now they're going to be a favorite at home on Saturday against Providence. And Providence is a team that lost a lot of their big guns, Chris Dunn, Ben Teal, a lot of these guys off this team this past year that went to the tournament. So a little bit of a rebuilding year for Providence. Now, Providence is coming off a bad home loss to St. John's. All right. Now they're heading on the road to face a Marquette team that's on top of the world after just beating Villanova. Now all of a sudden you're in the favorite role. Providence last year was swept by Marquette. However, both games lost by one and lost in overtime, and they were favored in both those games. Now they'll be a dog. Providence has covered three straight as a dog. And for Marquette, you know, they've had some close calls. They beat Seton Hall in overtime at home. They also lost to Seton Hall on the road by three in a game they kind of gave away. They've, they've definitely made a lot of progress this year, Marquette. But I just look at this spot as the time to go against them. And after their, you know, their huge win over Villanova, not to say how do you get up for Providence because Providence is still a good team, I got to think the motivation will be there for Providence after losing to St. John's at home, and just you're gonna you're due for a dud after beating two ranked teams with Marquette. So I'm gonna take the points of Providence on Saturday. I know, and we've talked so many times uh, throughout these shows about you you like that individual uh, matchup in this scenario off the emotional win they stormed the court. I mean, Steve Wojciechowski hadn't moved that fast since he played at Duke, trying to scramble and protect the Villanova players from the mob of fans that were coming on the floor. Uh, after that game, and so it, it will have been a few days. It's a Saturday early game, and Ed Cooley, look, he can coach, and he's had Providence in the tournament the last couple of years, so that's not a bad one there uh, in the Big East. I'm going to go with an ACC Saturday afternoon underdog. I know you're smarting as we're talking right now because the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets put it on Florida State. A lot of people have been talking after Florida State's big wins over the likes of Notre Dame and Louisville, how good they had been looking, that they could rise, maybe be something like a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. That maybe could still happen. We'll see. But, man, did Georgia Tech uh, lay the lumber to them on Wednesday evening uh, behind Josh Okoji with a career-high 32 points. Uh, that was a blowout. I mean, Florida State went almost 12 minutes without scoring a point in that game Wednesday night. Georgia Tech very good at home at, uh, at what is McCamish Pavilion now, what's, what's commonly been known as the Thriller Dome in the past. They've remodeled it on the Georgia Tech campus. Josh Pastor, the first-year coach, already has wins over North Carolina and over Florida State. And, Kevin, I'm going to take them against Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's had a good year, but Notre Dame got beaten up by uh, Virginia midweek. Notre Dame now comes in as uh, the favorite, the ranked team, a slight favorite in this game with Georgia Tech Saturday afternoon. But uh, Brian Lamons, the big guy for Georgia Tech, very athletic. Josh Pastner, uh, surprisingly, has this team in a great mindset, in a great place, and they played with fire and emotion on Wednesday night. I will take the Yellow Jackets against Notre Dame on Three Dog Thursday, sir. You know, it's really interesting how a lot of people went into this season 
saying that, wow, you know, Josh Pastner has a major rebuilding project at Georgia Tech, that they're going to be one of the worst teams in the country, one of the least experienced teams. And, I mean, not to say he's totally turned it around, but he's got them in a really nice place where they've been covering games inside the ACC. You mentioned the two home wins as a dog against North Carolina and against Florida State, and they hung with Clemson at home. Uh, you know, the only bad loss they had was at home to Louisville. But this is a team that really has they, – they've hung and, they, and they're playing with confidence. And, you know, for Florida State, that they were coming off this stretch, you had to figure that they were going to come up with a dud. And that's no excuse for them. But, you know, this is why I always say to you that you have to look for these spots. That was the perfect spot. You just played North Carolina and Notre Dame, and Duke, and all these other big-name programs. Georgia Tech's still a big name. There's not what they were. Now you're going on the road. You're laying nine and a half, ten points. How are you going to get up for that where Georgia Tech knows, hey, you know, we're trying to we're, – we're at a different spot than Florida State. Florida State is going to be in the tournament. They could be a two-seed. Georgia Tech is not a tournament team. But this is – these are these games that they're trying to get up for where Florida State says, okay, we're taking this night off. And that's just the spot. And Georgia Tech played very well. Yes, they did. And maybe Florida State learns from this and grows up a little bit because we're getting to the point in the season when there's more and more, obviously, riding on these games. And you're going to have to win big games away from home or on a neutral floor once you get to the ACC tournament at Barclays Center. And obviously in the in the NCAA tournament, you're going to be playing on neutral floors and different settings you got to grow up a little bit, and maybe this was good for Florida State in that regard. But, man, Georgia Tech looked good in that game uh, the other night. All right, so I will take the Yellow Jackets as my second underdog. You have one more to give us. Where are you headed on Three Dog Thursday? Real quick, Kevin, for underdog number three for you. Uh, the SEC Big 12 challenge is this weekend, but two teams that are not playing in that are Mississippi State and Alabama. They're meeting in Tuscaloosa, and I'm looking at Mississippi State. The Bulldogs have covered five of their last six, and they're looking to avenge a 10-point home loss early on in SEC play to Alabama. The Crimson Tide, after getting blown out by Auburn, they had a really nice win at a scuffling Georgia team uh, on Wednesday night uh, as a road underdog. But now Alabama's back at home. Alabama hasn't covered yet at home so far in SEC play. And I just look at this where Mississippi State, they hung with Kentucky. They did have a bad loss to Tennessee on the road, but besides that, they've been extremely competitive under Ben Howland so far in conference play, and I think they're going to look to avenge this loss to Alabama and play well in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Only you would look at the slate of all of those great matchups in the SEC Big 12 Challenge and say, no, no thanks. I'm going to go ahead and go with an SEC matchup, an SEC uh, West matchup. Of course, they don't do the divisions anymore, uh, per se, in the in the basketball conference. But you're right. I mean, Ben Howland's team, uh, one thing that we know, they're going to guard you defensively. And Avery Johnson, of course, uh, they were on the cusp of being a potential NCAA tournament team a year ago. They got the big blowout win over Georgia midweek. That is a fascinating uh, matchup uh, for uh, for the fact that it's not one of the games against the Big 12. It's two SEC teams against each other uh, in that game. So that's your third underdog. 
I'm going to circle back to the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and I like the Kansas Jayhawks coming off of that. Call me crazy. They come off a tough, emotional game at West Virginia where West Virginia beat them. By the way, you always love these coaches with their bonuses. Bob Huggins cashes another big bonus in. that He gets twenty-five grand in his West Virginia contract for every win over Kansas. He now has four of them in his career, including Tuesday night with the upset over the Jayhawks, handing them their first Big 12 loss. But this Kansas team has still got scores. Josh Jackson matched his career high uh, the other night with 22 in that game with Kansas. They've got Devontae Graham who can shoot. Frank Mason, who's one of the best point guards in the country. They're going into Kentucky, who lost themselves against Tennessee and Knoxville. So both of these teams have some luster off this game, both coming off losses. I like Kansas to shock Kentucky at Rupp Arena. I don't think that uh, that uh, this Kentucky team right now has gelled the way that Calipari needs them to, and I think Kansas in the Big 12 SEC matchup will get them and hand them a second straight loss in this game uh, at Rupp on Saturday night, the primetime game that will be on ESPN. Rock Chalk Jayhawk for underdog number three for me, Kevin. you got a quick 10-15 second take on that matchup? I mean, it should be a quality game, and, and they normally play good games over the years. I really don't have an opinion on uh, this game, but, uh, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting. The loser of this game will have two consecutive losses, which we didn't think would happen going into this one. Yeah, and the other thing for seeding, good point, is that you're going to look at games like this out of the conference. How did you do if you're going to try to be a one seed, a two seed? Things like this will stand out. A win for either of these teams will stand out in this scenario, especially if Kansas gets one away from home. The committee values that even more. All right, so we've been going over this. Tell them a little bit more uh, at VegasInsider.com about what's going on in and around Super Bowl, college basketball, and much more. Kevin, go ahead real quick. Yeah, we're uh, we're gearing up for Super Bowl 51 between the Falcons and the Patriots, already getting a lot of the material ready for uh, the upcoming week and getting set for Super Bowl week. And we're going to have an Advantage Falcons article, Advantage Patriots article, total articles, as well as getting into all the props and breaking those down. We have all of that Super Bowl history you can check out at VegasInsider.com. As you mentioned, college basketball really ramping up, also the NBA as well. So you can check all that out at VegasInsider.com. Also, you can follow us on Twitter all the time at TwitVI. And follow Kevin Rogers at VI Rogers on Twitter. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Again, we each have a Thursday night Big Ten underdog, Kevin, going with Nebraska at Northwestern. I have Indiana against Michigan. Then on Saturday, Kevin goes Mississippi State against Alabama as a doggy, as well as Providence on the road against Marquette. I will take Georgia Tech against Notre Dame. And then in the primetime game, give me Kansas against Kentucky. Those are our college basketball underdogs for this week. Kevin, I always enjoy it with you. We'll be talking lots of Super Bowl and some more college basketball underdogs next week on the show. Good luck with your dogs this weekend in the college hoop world. And we appreciate it on Three Dog Thursday. All right, thank you, TJ. There is Kevin Rogers. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, go to 3DogThursday.com to learn more about this show. If you're subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher, rate this show. Tell everybody what you think of our underdog uh, predictions and this program. It's the only national digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs in college hoops, especially along with Super Bowl 51 coming up. I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks for being with us on 3Dog Thursday. Bye.